Force Proximity. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Megan. And this week we have Bringing Down the Duke. So for a quick recap of the book, Megan's going to read a little excerpt. Okay. Yeah. This is what's, uh, this is the blurb from the back of the book. Uh, England, 1879. Brilliant but destitute, Annabel Archer is one of the first female students at Oxford University. Her scholarship demands that she recruit men of influence to champion the rising women's suffrage movement. Her target? The cold and calculating Duke of Montgomery, commander of Britain's politics. But Montgomery wouldn't be the kingdom's greatest strategist if he couldn't turn the tables and confront Annabel with an altogether different offer. Locked in a battle with rising passion and impossible attraction, Annabelle will learn just what it takes to topple a duke. The end. (laughs) So that's the gist of the book. Kind of. Yeah. It gets, it kind of like lets you know, well, not really a whole lot, but it's, it's intriguing sounding. It lets you know it's going to be a pretty feminist, what people think of as a feminist book. Um, The woman has agency, and she's one of the first female Oxford scholars, um, and she's fighting for women's suffrage. So it it it's really appealing to modern women for that reason. Um, Yeah. All right, you have a trivia question for me today? Yep. Well, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> Let me pull it back up because I was looking at those horrible pictures you took of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The 1980 Holiday Bowl between Southern Methodist University and Brigham Young University has been dubbed the Miracle Bowl based on the tremendous come-from-behind victory capped by Jim McMahon's Hail Mary touchdown pass. Who was on the receiving end of this legendary play? I have no idea. I don't know. Okay, Clay Brown. Have you ever heard of him? Nope. I always thought... That was way obscure. I'm sorry. No, that was a good one. Okay. Um. Well, I have an easier one. Okay, thank you. Okay. I mean, I, I even could get this. Which school is termed as the Mecca of college football in South Bend? Oh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Home to the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's why it's the... Well, that's dumb. I thought it was just the Mecca of college football uh, in South Bend because Notre nah, Dame is there. It's just like the most like storied, even though they don't have the most wins... It's like the Yankees, I guess. But the Yankees do have the most wins, don't they? Yeah, if you're talking about World Series. I don't know. It's just, it's Notre Dame. It's just They're the, just so beloved. The, it's, it's, yeah, you either love them or you hate them. There's no, I kind of like Notre Dame. No, that mm. doesn't exist. You, you love them or you hate them. Don't you kind of like Notre Dame? Me, I like Notre Dame. Okay. I grew up watching them. Because they're nationally televised on NBC and they always have been. Mm. The only time I don't like them is when they're playing Florida State. Or if I need them to lose because it benefits Florida State. Yeah. But, no, I'll root for Notre Dame every time except for versus Florida State. 
Okay. Hmm. All right. So with our podcast, you guys know, we don't really break the book down. That's your job to read the book. We just talk about the things that we liked yes, and the things that didn't we like. So I found some questions. I probably should have give credit to the website I found it from, but I forgot to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just to help us stay on track a little bit. All right. Before oh, we gosh. get into the questions. I'm nervous because you found these questions and I didn't you, run them by you. You prepared and I have no idea. You're just going to throw them at me. So yeah. I have never I haven't seen these questions. Before yet. we get there, here's mm-hmm. this. There's a lot of 100 books men should read lists. Yeah. They often include Art of War, Moby Dick, Great Expectations, Should Pride and Prejudice, Little Women, Sense and Sensibility type books, or even modern romances be on this list. Is that even a question? Of course they should it's, be on this list. It's a softball. It's a soft toss. Okay, but no, this is a really good question, though, because this is why one of the reasons we started this podcast. Yeah. So this is this is a great way for me to look at this, I guess. Um, Pride and Prejudice, it's not necessary. Not for the love story, but the the reason I want everyone to read Pride and Prejudice is Jane Austen's brilliance at her 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 snarkiness, like just the very first um, the very first sentence. Strong line. It had a a coconutty hit what? to it. I don't. It is good. Jonathan's drinking Murph. Murph. 2016. Cab. Cab Sove. Yeah. From, I can't read the bottle from all the way over Cal- there. Columbia Valley. Yeah. Is that what that says? Yeah, I don't know where that is. Oh, well, I picked it from Harvest Market, our local awesome grocery store, because I liked the label really vintagey and not murph I'll, like the crossfit thing that spelled differently m-e-r-f yeah but i think it's anyway it doesn't matter nobody cares <laughs> but if you want to see the bottle I'll put a picture in the yeah. show notes maybe we'll make that a thing every episode we'll put what a we're bottle. drinking yeah yeah that would be cool except i'm not drinking that so not I'm, yet i'm drinking when i don't even know what that, i'm drinking drink the federalist that. i think yeah which is really good i, like I didn't this. like it Oh, I like it a lot. I drank it. I liked it enough to drink it. But. It tastes like a. it's really fruity and not very dry, which is surprising. Seemingly what I would like. I know. But. I no. think your your tastes are running drier these days. Yes. Yeah. Well, I haven't had sugar. Yeah. Well, I have had sugar just Once on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. I've had very limited sugar, so I think my taste buds are changing. I anyway. think you know wine is good for you too. So you have your one glass a night and Yeah, but tonight's gonna be like four. <laughs> that's fine. Well it's podcast night. It's podcast night. What were you saying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the most important <laughs> The thing I kept us on track with. Pride and Prejudice, I wouldn't necessarily put on a, a books men should read. It would be on my one hundred books any human should read. Sure. 
but I don't think men specifically should read that the way I think men specifically should read modern romance. Okay. Um, little women. Uh, doesn't necessarily you, have just, to be that book. Just okay. Books that are have female leads or, or female centric dub women's books. It depends. There's a there's okay. So huh. there's chiclet, which that term has really like gone out of out of favor right now. Chiclet sort of it was like your your Sex in the City mm-hmm. and the Devil Wears Prada. Those were chiclet. They're light. They're light books. They're supposed to be fast, entertaining reads, designed for women to read them. It's not gonna hurt a man to read it but they're not for them no and it's not like they're gonna get a whole lot out of them so i wouldn't put the devil wears prada on a reading list specifically from them. they're probably better off just watching the movie yeah yeah um but they're but modern romance i wouldn't okay so there's chiclet there's women's fiction which i would I would say such a fun edge, but such a fun age by uh, Kelly Riley. Mm-hmm. Kelly Riley, I think, is the author. Um, it's a new book that came out. I think it was published in January of 2020, and it was on Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine book group. I think that's more women's fiction, which is a grown-up grown-up version of chiclet it's just it's more literary or it's more upmarket like what we think of as book club fiction that um that appeals to women or has women as whether it being relationships or a solitary woman as the central figure but it's a really amorphous genre and you can consider some like where where the crawdads sing is a it has a central female character and i i don't know you can make an argument that that's women's fiction but um it's i don't know so there's that okay so but but modern romance has a lot to teach men like men think that they're out in left field when it comes to pleasing women and they're not they have these guidebooks as the romance book club calls them Women are writing exactly how we want to be seen and exactly how we want to be treated and exactly what questions we want to be asked by these romance writers. And men are doing themselves a disservice not to read them. And we mentioned that in the first episode. Yes, yeah. So here's a pop quiz. Okay. Has, has, have I changed at all or have any differences since reading these books? I don't think so because I think you are already you are already really sensitive to my needs to begin with. You've always been the cinnamon roll mm. to me. Yeah, I had some growing up to do though. Well, career-wise, I think. Mm. But no. I had to do a better job of listening and, like, thinking about what you wanted to do as far as, like, not just taking over all activities all of the time. I don't think you ever did that, though. Okay. When did you ever do that? I I mean, 
remote control hogging I used to do. That's true. But when I got really upset, I like I told you. Yeah. Or I stole the remote back or whatever. Uh, yeah, you are more tolerant of I I don't think you've changed since since the romance reading project. I think you've changed like just since, as I've grown up. Yeah, since you hit your 30s and are becoming a man and a dad and a, a, like you're trying to be a better husband. You, you met me when I was 24? Yeah. I have no idea. I was 20. 24 and I'm 34. So 10 years. That's a lot of changing. Yeah. Yeah, 24. I mean. I was still a kid. Yeah. And you're always a grown up because I was. Yeah, I've always been an old soul. Yeah, because I'm older than you, and it you acted older than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into these questions, Megan, shall we? I suppose we shall. All right. I'll 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 start with my answer since I had time to actually write them down. Okay. <laughs> I didn't send them to you on purpose because I wanted to... I wanted for a loop. I did want to see how quick you could think. Okay. Okay. All right. What was your initial reaction to the book? Did it hook you immediately or did it say, take some time to get into? It took me an exceptionally long time to get into this book, mm-hmm. about three weeks, and I normally can knock a book out in 10 days. Yeah. Uh, it's well written, nothing against the book. The story makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It just didn't grab me. And yeah. I, I was also like heading down. I was in the home stretch of graduate school. Yeah. And not that the work was hard in graduate school, but I had to get it done. And I started this book like trying to get the hang of this remote teaching stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with. So I had with, a lot going on. We're all dealing with uh, coronavirus lockdowns. And so Jonathan is teaching P.E., by posting videos to his students through their whatever website they use. It's a Google Classroom, pretty simple. Okay. So, yeah. So, Jonathan has been, like, his mind is becoming, I don't know. I'm envisioning this rubber band that's going. I love it. It's 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 pushed me out of my comfort zone and made me learn new things. So yeah. I, I really love it. Yeah, I think it's it. cool. You did cooking videos yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to do a gardening we're, video. Yeah. And we're also, it's three weeks left of school. This is kind of where I would, like, loosen it up a lot. Not a little bit, like, a lot. Yeah. We wouldn't, we would be roller skating in the oh, gym yeah. right now. I forgot you're going to miss your roller skating unit. Yeah. We, ro- we rent, like, 200 pairs of roller skates for all the kids yeah and they just roller skate in the gym like all of the all of the interscholastic sports are over and we're gonna get the gym redone we get the gym redone every year so what the hell just let them skate on it Mm -hmm. it's awesome Mm -hmm. and i get i'm gonna miss not skating this year i love skating you come home exhausted from skating but i love it all day yeah. And I don't have to skate all day. I choose to skate all day. <laughs> I love skating. Ice skating, rollerblading, whatever. I love it. In between classes, I play hockey. I love hockey. You guys mm-hmm. all know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we would be doing now. So I would I would be loosing it up about now anyway. Yeah. So next two weeks will be, hmm, the activities won't be, I don't care about 
state standards or national standards. I'm just going to put out fun stuff for them to do. Well, yeah, that's cool. It, it might just be yoga videos every day. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to convince Jonathan to start his own YouTube channel because he's making these like really cool videos and we're a homeschool family. Well, we're going to be. We're a very loose unschooling family right now because we have he's, pre-k he's, yeah, pre-k so it doesn't really matter but we're um, going with the finland model where they don't start school till they're like eight <laughs> six or seven <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think it would be really cool for homeschool kids to be able to see what jonathan's doing because he's really fun yeah so anyway so that's why it took you I mean, understandably, and the whole world is like topsy-turvy right now. Like people that are voracious readers ordinarily, like can't seem to get into any book. Yeah. Some people are just like strictly audiobooks right now. Some people are reading more than ever. So it's just kind of. It's hard too when, when Netflix is right there and there's so much content to watch. And you don't have anything kicking you in the ass to yeah. read. Like, oh, I have to read it now. I'm not going to get to read it. I know. Where, like, I have all day to read it. I'll just wait till later. Yeah. But fuck because it. You... Tiger King or whatever. I guess <laughs> yeah. that's kind of dead now. Whatever you're watching now. Yeah. The Last Kingdom. We just finished it. It was awesome. Um, But you're graduated now. Congratulations. Thank you very much. We didn't get to have a big... Well, we weren't gonna have a party, but we were gonna like we were gonna go out to my to my, dinner to a restaurant that is now closed. Yeah, heartbreakingly. Yeah, my co-teacher and I, he he talked me into doing this program with him, mm-hmm. and we graduated together. We're gonna go to this nice restaurant that we all love. I think it'll come back. I think so too. I but just, uh, yeah, we can't. And he just had a baby. Congratulations, coach, yeah. if you're listening. Probably not, but whatever. Congratulations, the two of you. (laughs) And congratulations for graduating, Coach. Yeah. All right, so answer question number one, Megan. Okay. I loved this book immediately. I'm not a huge fan of historical romance because I'm a historian first. And I feel like the... I... (laughs) Hmm. How do I say this? Like, I don't want to... I understand why people might like historical romance. To me, it's very purple prosy, which means it's... Okay, so I'm going to read you a few lines, like the very first lines of the book, and why it could have gone so downhill. Uh, Annabelle lowered her lashes. Just take that sentence right there, just a little bit for me, thanks. Mm -hmm. Just take that, like, lowered her lashes. Like, that's typical for for historic romance. It's just, just say look down. Like, I don't understand why in literary fiction, especially these days, it's so much, it's so much cleaner. Like, the prose, prose can be beautiful and still be clean. You don't have to find these fancy ways of flourishing your writing. And I really hate it when when things are overwritten like that. Mm-hmm. I want I I think this is like the like the masculine side of me. Like I appreciate the 
like I hate Hemingway, but I, I really appreciate the Hemingway-esque quality of modern writers where they're just clean it up, remove the adjectives. Right to the point. Yes. Just like the more you can simplify it, the more it hits home. And then when you when you come in with a really descriptive phrase, it just like cuts to the bone. And I don't know. Just do you, do you feel like do you feel like the other way is trying too hard? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, yes. Like just read Col- I read Colson Whitehead and and I think he's like the king of like modern lit fic these days. And I really wish we had more romance that was written like him. And So maybe you can be the one. I'm I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying to write this like weird literary upmarket black comedy romance and there's going to be like one other reader that likes it but that's okay i don't think so i think there's going to be a lot i i hope so and i'm not taking myself too seriously i'm not going to say this romance is going to win the national book award it's not going to be like that but i just want like clean sparse prose but still have a love story yeah so um so so annabelle lowered her lashes this is the third sentence of the book, but um, Evie Dunmore or Evie Dunmore, I think it's Evie. We would say Evie as Greeks, but I think it's Evie. Um, she she follows that up with, she knew it would look demure, and demure placated her cousin best when he was all in a fluster. Of all the types of men she had learned to manage, the ignorant yet self-important type was not exactly the most challenging. So... I love the way she she put this purple prose phrase in there and then immediately like skewed it around. Yeah. So that she she's letting you know, hey, I wrote this on on purpose this way. The rest of the book is not gonna be purple prose. You're gonna find you're gonna find these like solid, clear statements in there. It's not it's if you don't like historical romance but you do like history, I think this is the book for you, which is why I wanted this to be your first and now last historical romance. No, 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 no. Well, we we have to read a Beverly Jenkins because she, yeah. she's like, she's a beautiful writer. I, I, like I said, I think the other like variables detracted from the book it wasn't the book itself. Right. Well, and I think this isn't your speed. This is this is very much a book that was written for women. It's and I don't think many men have a lot to learn from this. Like the sex scenes aren't that descriptive. Loved it. But see, they're my favorite sex scenes because they Loved it. They it was steamy, but it's still They were few I and far between. It was a slow burn. And they were which I love. Uh, let's let's just get the book boner level out of the way here. It's a one. It's, it's a five. Five out of five. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a nine out of ten. Is it for me? Why? Because no, no, no. I'm talking about like with the general public who likes to read that stuff. Like, oh no, no, no. It's not like it wasn't raunchy, but no. I don't I don't think it was a one. They said the word cock. <sighs> That automatically puts gives it five. Okay, points. so you're going qu- quality of the steamy scenes. I'm going quantity here. Oh no, there's not a lot, which I appreciated. 
Yeah, there's the scene where they're up against the door when it's just... I read a sex scene, didn't even know I read one. (laughs) Yeah. But it was there, was it? Okay, so they're in there. She doesn't just... They kissed and then the door closed. So They're in the bed together. So you know what they're doing, but it's not overly graphic. They kissed and the door closed. And scene. But that's not what they do in this book. You just should be. I guess we're reading too fast. I I do read fast. That's part of the problem I had with the book. It's not the book's fault. It's my fault. I was trying to get through the book so I can get to my other tasks. Right. Uh huh. Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, I do think like the the love scenes are I. I liked this book because of the love scenes. They weren't sex scenes. You could you could really feel the emotion. And yeah. that's what amped up the book boner level for me. Like, it was a slow burn. So by the time they were, like, kissed, it was like you were, like, pulling so hard for them to kiss. And so you're, like, right there with them. And by the time they did anything more than kissing, you were like, yes, yes. Yeah. Don't stop. And then... <laughs> And then they stop and then and then when they go all the way and like it's like, ah, finally. And that's like three quarters into the book. So I think from now on, the book boner level should go on question one. It fits there. Your reaction to the book. Yeah. Yeah. True. We're going to use these questions every podcast. So so now you know them. You can be ahead of the game. I probably won't be thinking about them as I'm reading them. (laughs) No, I didn't think I did this after I read the book. So yeah. I can send you the questions and you can fill them out. Or I, you're doing a great job at living this. So Except my, I, I'm overly verbose. Yeah. It'll help cut down on time. All right. That was our... Are you done with question one? Uh, Well, yeah. I don't want to talk about everything I loved about the book. But I, I really... I got into it immediately. I was immediately hooked. All right. Question two. Do you think the story was plot-based or character-driven? I say character all the way. Okay. Both characters grew as individuals because of their circumstances. More so the Duke. Yeah. Uh, The more we learned about Sebastian, who was the Duke, and Annabelle, the more the story began to unfold. And you could see the ending as you learn more and more about them. Yeah. Well, something like bad had to happen to him in order for the story to change. And so the whole thing is, is the Duke was in love with a blue stocking, which is, um, hang on. Can you taste that and see if you can taste coconut or is it just not coconutty to me? Okay. Something's wrong with my taste. Good. It's good. I love coconut. It's one of my favorite flavors. I wish I could taste coconut, but I can't, but I can't taste anything ever. Okay. So sorry. All right. Um, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I is the character driven or plot driven? I said it's character driven. Yeah, I yeah it is. I think every romance is sort of plot driven, but it this one is. You can call it character driven because he had to change the the. Nothing could happen to move these characters forward without the Duke undergoing this change. Yeah. Whereas he was hell bent determined to not marry this poor 
um i mean she wasn't just poor she was just a, she was a commoner and she was a blue stocking and she was like a women's liver and like he he was he's the right hand man of queen victoria um no comment about her you hate her i do <laughs> I hate Queen Victoria so much. All right, so that was one comment, and that's the only one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the right-hand man of Queen Victoria. He um, is... But he, he obviously... It's obvious to him that he cannot marry anyone outside of his class. He's a duke, which is like the next... Okay, so dukes... It's basically royalty. In the hierarchy, yeah, yeah. it is royalty. It it's, is royalty. It's the next level down from Prince of England. Okay. Yeah, or Edinburgh, or whatever so He's important. It. He's very, very important. He can't just be marrying any old lady. Exactly. He Especially has to marry Especially a troublemaker nobility. like a suffragette. Yes, and she's not a suffragette necessarily on her own. She's a suffragette because she won a scholarship to Oxford. And the women suffragettes were, or suffragists, I think they were called there, were paying for her to go to school. So in order for her to go to school, she had to lobby for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And naturally, she's brilliant and beautiful and probably tall. Why would she be tall? I don't know. That doesn't make you more attractive. Short girls are way curvier. You know, when we watched that figure competition, when your friend was in the bodybuilding competition, yeah. all the hottest women were short. And it's because when you're short and you don't have a lot of fat, you look so curvy and good. Like, it's just better proportions. Shorter people are hotter. Shorter women are hotter. The end. I married you. You're five feet tall. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you. I don't know. She probably is tall. She's French. <laughs> well, okay. So let's break this down. She's a whole head shorter than him. Okay. And he is by nature of the fact that he's an alpha male and the Duke. Six foot one. Six one. That's so, yeah. like six one to six three. Okay. So is... she's probably not tall. Yeah. She's probably your height. Yeah. Because you're 6'1". I'm 6'1". And you're a whole head taller than me. I'm all a bit of 6'1". Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm 6'1". but Yeah, he's 6'1". Anyway. Um, Okay, so whatever. She's tall. She has very plump lips because she has Gallic ancestry. Yeah. Which I like the use of. (laughs) She's French. Um, little, little, uh, via Rome. It, it was, it was a little, <laughs> uh, trip down memory lane for the, the Spartacus series for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is from Gaul? Crixus? Uh, Crixus was Gaul. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Spartacus series, it's worth watching. Yeah. For, for the sheer violence, it's worth watching. <laughs> I think the sheer, like, vulgarity period. There's never been a more vulgar show. <laughs> and they intended it that way. Oh, it's amazing. It's, I, it's I one of my favorite series of get all past time. the cursing that just sounds like the they put such. It seems it feels so right in the period and every other word is the F word yeah. or like cock. Yes. Cunt. Like they just <laughs> say it for no reason. 
how many times can we cram all the c words into one sentence yeah. so one of my favorite series of all time i i, I love it too <laughs> the shakespearean mm-hmm. weird shakespearean <laughs> dialect oh and andy beautiful. whitfield in the first season that's the only season you need. you need to watch the prequel and the first season. After that, you really don't need to watch it. You have to know who Andy Whitfield is. It's a really sad story, but just forget the sadness because you don't know about it. Andy Whitfield, it you can like put any take any description of the hero from any romance novel, and it's always Andy Whitfield. Yeah. Like he just fits in every character. So. He's always who I write when I'm trying to describe. I just look at a picture of Andy Whitfield. And what does he look like? This is what his nose is shaped like. All right, that's what it is. The, and not not to bring it down, but he passed away from uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. So it was sad. But all right. Okay, let's go to question three. I think we qu- covered question two pretty good. What was your favorite quote or passage? I'll go first, like okay, I said. Okay, thank you. When Annabelle asked, and I didn't think you'd be ready for this one. Yeah, do you know how many dog hairs <laughs> I have in this book? When Annabelle asked Sebastian why he didn't have his wife and her lover. Okay, spoiler alert. His He was married. His wife cheated on him. And he's he, the divorced duke. He's a divorced duke. This is what duke. we need to know about him. Yeah. Yes. He divorced his wife, which yes. makes him a huge scumbag in in Victorian England. Exactly right. Like people will like not talk to him. And obviously, like how dare he? Oh, and he he kept her dowry. So, that this is the rumor that's going around. He divor- he kicked his wife out, kept her money, which it wasn't a whole lot to begin with. No. And um, and divorced her, which is ruining her name. Yes. So this is like makes him very uneligible. But she cheated on him. Yes. And he caught them in the act. I think, I believe. Yeah. All right. So so Annabelle asked him, the main character Annabelle, asked Sebastian why he didn't have his wife and her lover killed and erased basically because as the Duke. You can totally do that shit and get away with it. Absolutely. He said the punishment would not be worth it in this life or the next. So that shows he has a conscience, a belief in the afterlife, which is important to me. Yeah. And he for sure would have gotten away with it, like I said. But he took the high road and didn't commit, like, a vengeful murder. So that... that made him a good guy yeah in my in my head yeah i i really love i really love 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 the duke of montgomery he's one of my favorite heroes in a romance novel um i i love that he's he's so willing he's so maybe he's just i think he's so far above the fray when it comes to the ton or the ton the ton. I don't know how you pronounce that. I've never heard it. I've only I say, I I've say only read, read it. it as ton, so. I know. I I read it as I ton because not. it's the bon ton, and yeah. I, I don't know. They probably say ton in England because of their disdain for French. Oh my god! <laughs> like fillet. Fillet. Yeah, and uh, Don every, Cherry. Herbs. Don Cherry, a Canadian 
sports yeah. former sports broadcaster. He got um fired because he took a stand and said everyone in Canada should be wearing the poppy. If you're not, it's disrespectful. They fired him. He How long would, ago was that? This year. He the would poppy not for Armistice Day. Yep, he would not. Okay. Pronounce the French Canadian players' names. <laughs> he would <laughs> read it in English. Oh my like gosh, Daniel Breer. Okay. He would say Daniel Breer. <laughs> if you don't know Don Cherry, Google him, YouTube him. He's hilarious. How old is he? Oh, he's old. Oh, okay. Old. Because the poppy. I mean, who even cares about old. World War One anymore besides us? Old. I don't like Don Cherry, but okay, he makes me laugh. <laughs> well, I love the fact about the Duke of Montgomery. Um, he's so above the fray. He or or he's so he's such a good person that he's willing to let society think poorly of him. And he's not out correcting them. Like, oh, no, no, no. Here's the real story. Yeah, he could Here's totally... why I'm not such a bad guy after all. Like, that guy that was that would be willing to do that, that guy sucks. He protected his ex-wife's um, dignity. Kind of, yeah. Despite the fact that she cheated on him. But they didn't love each other. Right. He didn't love her and she didn't love him. Right. And he just let her be. Yeah. And I think they had to get divorced so she could marry the guy that she loved. Mm -hmm. And that's why they divorced. I think there was some, something else that was merit, meritorious there that makes him even better of a person. Yeah. Good guy. Real yeah. good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy that like looks like a bad guy on the outside, which is the best kind of guy. He's he's a so, Joshua Templeman. He's the... Or me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look like a bad guy. Uh I'm I don't not... I don't mean the outward appearance. You definitely oh, look like okay. an, a bad guy outward appearance wise, yeah. but Well, I look like a terrorist. <laughs> yes. Um okay, so I get to answer now. You get to answer now. It's okay. Your turn. My favorite passage, I'm going to read, well not read. I'm going to read one and then I'm going to talk about another few. So one of the first things that made me really love this book is on page two. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, the book has to hook you. Mm -hmm. So It hooked you. It did. Um, so Annabelle has just gotten acceptance into Oxford and a scholarship, and she's trying to convince her dim-witted church bell ringer of a cousin. Ugh to um, to let her go to Oxford while she pays for a woman to take over her job yeah. in the household. Oh my god. And he's what a bunch still, of bullshit. I know. He's still like can't decide whether he should let her go or not until she manipulates him into letting her cuz she's adept at reading people. What's his people. name? He's such a douche. Gilbert. Gilbert. What a douche name too. If there are any Gilberts out there, I'm sorry, but Change your name. Yeah, no, no, no. But you haven't read Anne of Green Gables, so. Okay, I have not. Am I going to so, read that? No, but okay. Gilbert Blythe, he's. Good he's guy? A, yeah, he's a Duke of Montgomery. I'll call him Jill Bear. Okay. 
<laughs> it's Prince Edward Island, so his name was solidly Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Um, so she says, oh, this just really struck a chord with me. Um, she's his maid. She works for the family, for her own family yeah. as their maid. And she doesn't get paid for Again, it. But she's douchebag. Yeah. And Victorian England. Yeah. And she's an, she's an unmarried woman. So in is he a douche or is he just, this he's, is what she, you do. No, no, no. He's dumb. He is dumb. He's dumb. So yes, it's what you do, but he doesn't have the smarts to take a step back and think maybe we shouldn't treat our cousin this way. Anyway, um, after five long years as Gilbert's made for everything, she hadn't expected to feel a yearning urge ever again. And meanwhile, this is not talking about her, like, her, like, pulsating vagina here. We're talking about a yearning urge for education. (laughs) (laughs) She kept her head down, her feet on the ground, and had accepted that the parish borders of Chorleywood were were the boundaries to her dreams. Then the news that Oxford University had opened a women's college had slammed into her chest with the force of an arrow. She wanted to ignore it, but after barely a week, her self-control, so laboriously acquired, had crumbled. But surely this was not just a case of wanting too much. I, re- I so feel her because I am a woefully undereducated person and no you're not for me being me i'm under i have a bachelor's degree and that's it but you're self-educated well whatever it's it's good that i'm undereducated because i'm educated enough to write the stories that i want to write so i'm educated just fine i just like always thought that i would be a doctor and i like have this yearning urge to study medicine and to study history and to study i don't know which botany now which makes it better for you to be self-educated because now you can do all of those things and not be right i just don't look good on paper which is fine to me who cares but annabelle doesn't look good on paper either she She knows greek and latin and all these things and she can discuss euclid and not euclid but Probably could. Uh, Socrates, I think they discuss in this yeah. book. And yeah, with no qualms. You, you're you a good sparring partner for me in our debates. Mm-hmm. Which I'm probably not as good a sparring partner for you as you are for me. Well, anyway. And, and we agree on almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's one of the, one of my favorite parts because that just really hit home like she's undereducated even though she is very educated she just doesn't look good on paper and she has like she she has this need for more knowledge Mm -hmm. and i totally feel that that's that's how i feel all the time so naturally the quotes really just for you it's the education part yeah and for me it's his virtue yeah and then um i guess my other favorite part is is just like it's the typical uh, first encounter with romance for the characters. Whoa! Did you see that? The yeah. lights all just flickered at the, and there's a thunder. Oh, uh, we just got struck by lightning. It was like kind of scary for a minute. I don't know if you can hear the thunder, but 
It's about to start leaking in our basement soon. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so because I cleared out the area next to the chimney, so it okay. should be fine. Um. So yeah, I think. Um. I don't know. I'm, I don't have anything to read specifically, but I think I think you hit a good one. Yeah. All right. Question four: What made the setting unique or important? Could the story have taken place anywhere else? The setting is super duper important. Yeah. And the suffragette plot would not work if it was not Victorian England. The right. story does not work in any other time period or any other country. Yeah, I mean, you could tweak it, but but then it wouldn't be as um well, the the book isn't is less about the suffrage well, maybe not. But to Annabelle, the suffrage movement isn't is less oh. important than her finally being able to have an education, an Oxford education. I think the suffragette thing is super important. No, it is because it it's that's what her relationship with the Duke of Montgomery is based yeah. on. But yeah, so there's that and the opening of Oxford to women, and yeah, I I don't know when. Harvard started admitting women, or I think Yale was first. I don't know. I don't know what was first, but probably not as early. No, Oxford is. A... I have no idea. Oxford is very conservative, so they might have been late. Cambridge was probably first. I don't know. Whatever. You would know that. All right. Um, I don't know. I will say that there are some things about the time period that didn't seem right to me. What's that? But I don't know if I should say that now or since we're talking about setting. Yeah, go for it. So two things that really threw me as like a total history geek. Like it like it threw me out of the book for a minute and I, I had to be like determined enough to come back to it. The front cover of this book shows a couple riding on a horse together. That scene was kind of cringy for me. Yeah. Um, I'm I not didn't gonna... even think twice about it. I know. Why, I know. Why see, was it cringy for you? It was cringy for me because it was so obviously... <sighs> it was written just for them to have this physical contact. And it wasn't hidden well enough. And it, it kind of read as anachronistic. Like, she could ride a horse but only astride. Like as it was plowing a field or something, she she didn't have a she. The duke brought a horse to bring her back to his estate on, but she didn't know how to ride side saddle, so she had to be like picked up and lifted, and she rode in his lap the whole way back, like five six miles yeah. back to his estate. Just grinding on his wiener. Exactly, and I I get it. I mean, it it, I, it needed to be in there because you you could have some physicality to their relationship and still a story that was a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of needed to be their enemies at that point. And then by the time he had to like, you know, close physical contact will hopefully change that. If the goal is romance. Well, especially when the naughty bits are touching. Right. <laughs> so, and I think she has a really nice butt and it's like, well, really... she probably has a really nice everything. Oh, yeah, obviously. But I think her butt is like, I don't know. I and mean, I picture like a French woman. I picture like really super thin, but like really curvy butt. Yeah. And um, I that's just how I pictured Annabelle. 
um, because she is mentioned as being French a lot. Yeah, she is. She like, is. Like even the Duke is like, I wonder how much French is in her. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much English is in her. Does she want a little bit more? <laughs> All right. Um. So wait. So that was one, and then the other thing is when she. Her friend Hattie, who's super cute and adorable, and she looks like Hilda, by the way. Hilda, the pinup girl from the Naked Gardening Day meme. Well, Hilda's... I like Hilda. Hilda is this... <laughs> look up Hilda, Hilda the pinup girl. She's like a modern pinup girl. I think she's modern. I think somebody is currently drawing her. Anyway, she's like a plump, pleasantly plump, which is how Hattie is described, and she's red-haired. And she just has so much fun taking off her clothes. But that's who I picture as as Hattie, Hattie Hilda. Um, Hattie is her really cute friend um, who is rich and her dad is just like a shipping magnate. So she she's not part of the aristocracy, but she has all the money of an arist- aristocrat. She's got to wear accounts. Exactly. It's like the the place you want to be. And it makes you super eligible in the coming story, like, she's going to get book three. I oh, bet. she's going to get her own book. I think Katrina's book two. Okay. Um, so Hattie's going to probably get book three, and she's going to be super eligible for a, a some kind of duke who is losing his his estate and needs to find an heiress. The Duke of Tottenham. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just named the soccer team. I don't know. <laughs> Tottenham. Tottenham. <laughs> Um, so Hattie decides that her mom still dresses her like a child and she has to wear this fluffy apricot colored dress to the ball, but she knows that Annabelle, that the Duke is going to invite Annabelle to the, his Christmas or his New Year's Eve ball, which is a famous event. Oh, so yeah. she, in advance, she says, I know Celeste, the seamstress has some emerald silk in. My sister just told me I'm going to make you a gown and give it to you for Christmas. Annabelle relents and lets her and then by the time Hattie comes with the dress to the estate for the ball the dress is not emerald green it's fuchsia and <laughs> it's it's like a nailed it but not <laughs> <laughs> she ordered it online and it totally sucks <laughs> no it's better because everyone oh, else sorry. is going to be wearing green and she's going to stand out in fuchsia it's fuchsia Blue's friend. No, that's magenta. <laughs> I don't get it. Blue's Clues. I, I never or, saw that. I was too mind. old for Blue's Clues. Um, You're not a teacher either. <laughs> true. Uh, so, okay, so that's not a problem I had. The problem I have was it's 1879. Well, it's it's New Year's Eve ball, so it's on the cusp of 1880. And the way she says, they specifically, Ms. Dunmore, specifically describes the undergarments and the corset being like low down to the hips and the dress and Hattie or uh, sorry Annabelle the heroine she doesn't have the right corset because her corset would cut off at the at the like mid belly and she needs a longer corset that goes like over the hips well I don't know. Like, so here's where we get like super geeky. That that wasn't the fashion until like nineteen, like 
tens to nineteen seventeen. Oh, I know. Come on, who cares? I know, but those things like. Uh, but to you, that's your you, thing. I know okay. it's my thing. That's like my hyper focus. Like, you don't even know how how many hours I have like studied Godey's Ladybook and Worth Fashions and from I'll- the. I'll meet you halfway on this. The the, the, the movie. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I have to. No, I have to finish this because this is so wrong. Okay. So she decides that she doesn't have the right corset because it'll probably make her like belly fat pudge out wrong in this like super slim, silky dress. Okay. So she forgoes all undergarments. But this is Victorian England. Just Google 1880s fashion. It is like the most severely detailed crap all over it women's fashion that you could get and you couldn't fit into a gown without your corset like you can't just be like i'm going like commando commando no you would not be able to squeeze your stomach (laughs) her yeah her breasts i don't care that she's 24 her breasts are not gonna they're not gonna bulge just, out yeah. over this garment that's it's gonna be like she wouldn't be able to like get it laced up without a corset it would it would have celeste would have known to design i don't know when she gave hattie her measurements it included the corset measurements so this dress would not have fit so the whole scene with the duke accosting her in the alcove which was like super hot i get it but, like, you know, don't make it hot because she's not wearing any undergarments. Make it hot because, like, he, like... Likes her brains? No. I mean, like, do something with... The... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> do something with a corset. Like, play with her breasts. And that's what makes me think it's, like, her butt that's, like, so amazing uh, because... Yeah. Backside don't quit, huh? I guess. I don't... I don't... Really <laughs> All right. So, let me get to my point. To, to meet you in the middle. Yeah. To where I geek out. The movie Miracle, which I love. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. The skates are wrong. Oh, the mo- so? They're modern skates. Oh. <laughs> See, it's a thing. It's a thing. And you can't write fashion and, like, specifically describe the undergarments of the period and have it be 30 years later. Yeah. That they didn't, like, she would have worn a cage bustle to this ball. Like, she would not have worn nothing underneath a silk dress. She's not a flapper. She's a Victorian. Because like, it wouldn't have happened. It's the roaring 1880s. All right, let's move on. Okay. Did you pick out any themes throughout the book? Okay, I don't know if this is a theme. Okay. I don't know what a theme is. <laughs> Sorry. Like a recurring moral that's not moral. No, so I got this wrong. Okay. <laughs> but what I I pulled out was something that was important to me that I really liked. The brief interactions between Sebastian and Pippin. His brother's name is Peregrine. Pippin? His brother's name is Peregrine, oh, yes. but come on. Yeah. Any Peregrine from now on is Pippin. Yeah. I was <laughs> I see, I didn't even get there. I I called him Percy in my head. Oh, no, Peregrine, too. Come on. Or Perry. I called him Perry. It's Pippin. I know. It is Pippin. You're right. Pippin is is young, and he's living fast. Yeah. He's living it up. He's got tons of money. He's got power. He's got cachet behind his name. Yeah. So he's taking full... He's YOLO. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so. And he's not attractive because of that. Like, oh, well, he's probably a good looking dude. I know, but compared to the Duke of Montgomery, the Duke of Montgomery is like in full, full of his wits. Like he, like he has it together. And then you have his brother who can't even like stay sober for a day. And building Blech. on that, building on that, he is tired of his brother just fucking up constantly. Yeah. So he enlists him in the Queen's Royal Navy. I know. And I was <laughs> I was cheering when I first read that. I was like, yes, Perry is going to become Pippin. Admiral Perry. <laughs> Admiral Perry, whatever his last name is for real. Because um, it's not Montgomery. It's just the Duke of Montgomery. Whatever, the, yeah, whatever their name is. Yeah, the junior so, Duke of Montgomery. Sebastian enlists him in the Navy Yeah. in order to get him to grow up. Yeah. Which makes sense. So and 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 his thing is, if I die, this asshole is gonna take over and f- flip it all up. Yeah, because he took it over from his own father, who yeah. couldn't handle the responsibility. Who is like of Pippin, managing the estate, like Peregrine. Yeah. Yes. So if I die and I have no heir, this freaking dude is gonna take over and mess it all up for us. Yeah. He's not gonna be able. To, he's gonna fold like a lawn chair under this pressure. Yeah. And that, in turn, raises the stakes for the Duke of Montgomery because for for him to beget his own heir. Yeah. Essentially. So you have the stakes in this book are like if you're a writer and you don't do stakes well, like me right here. Yeah. Uh, like just read this book. They're clear from page one. Yes. It tells the you stakes the stakes are high. The, stakes there's they're high and they're obvious and they're clearly laid out they just so, like label the stakes let for me you. get let me get to my theme here okay this reminded me so much of the odyssey okay sebastian is hector peregrine is paris okay hector is the noble leader who puts country first before himself puts duty first Mm-hmm. And Paris, we all know what Paris did. He stole Helen from Menelaus, started the freaking Trojan War. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know if that was a theme, but it reminded me of that. Yeah, that's not a theme. A theme is like, well, like in music, it's like dun, 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 whenever. Like, that okay. is like the theme of the music. So, this that... just reminded me of something else. Right. I don't think this book has a theme. I mean, the theme is maybe like women's rights. Okay. I, I guess that would be the theme. But romance novels don't typically have themes. Okay. But the, I, the I romance think is the theme. The romance. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm learning this. I'm not a literature person. I like reading books, but I don't. Yeah. I don't... Usually, I I've never been able to pick out themes because okay. my brain just doesn't work in terms of that. But you see, you just things stay in like, the plot that it's. Oh, in. the the color red was mentioned seventy five times. Oh, see, yeah, I would yeah. never pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I don't pick up on that either. Okay, question five was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my? I, I'm on a double screen here, and I don't know where my pointer is. We're she, like super is. set up. Oh yeah. Because of Jonathan. Any if then questions. If Peregrine goes to the Navy as his brother commands, he never is found by Annabelle. 
Yeah. He doesn't tell his brother that she, in fact, does love him. Yeah. She ends up with Jenkins as his assistant slash wife. Yeah. And Sebastian just ends up with some English rich lady. Yeah. And they never get together. True. That's so so true. If Peregrine doesn't deliberately disobey his brother, he doesn't help his brother in the end. Yeah. If then. True. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't have an if then, but I will say that... You can just build online. Okay, I really <laughs> I really love the idea of a Victorian Royal Navy romance, especially if it's like Katrina and you have like him meeting... I mean, it's too late for pirates, but... It's, it's never too late for pirates. There's pirates now. In the Indian Ocean. Not the fun kind of Not pirates. Not in the Atlantic. <laughs> but... Yeah, but thank you, United States Coast Guard. I feel like I should have paid more attention to Uncle Mark right now because he worked on the Constitution, Constellation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I was like <laughs> seven when he talked about this. I didn't. I haven't had. Oh, gosh. I have an uncle who is a reenactor and he works aboard the or he volunteered aboard the ship that's docked in Baltimore. It's the Constellation, I want to say. And it's a... I think War of 1812, around the time that the Star Spangled Banner was being written. Some kind of that. I don't know. As a history person, Top five favorite songs. Huh. (laughs) Oh, the Star Spangled Banner is your daughter. No, I'm kidding. I had a friend who I mean, used I to love listen it, to the Star Spangled Banner like all the time. I'll listen if Jimi Hendrix is playing it. I'll listen. No, to No, this every is time. just like some random choir singing. Oh no 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 no! You didn't know this friend. She was she was awesome. Um, so but anyway, I really I w- really would love to see a naval because I'm really I'm imagining you know my friend. My friend from the year that Hank was born, <laughs> when I would get up with him at five o'clock in the morning uh. for his feeding. <laughs> the movie master and commander. It was my friend for like the first year of Hank's life because he would wake up for a feeding. It was on HBO or something. I think it was Stars. I don't know what it was, but I it was love love that movie. I do too, and I haven't. I have yet to see it all because I think I caught. It was like one of those times where I was feeding. Feeding my son, I could barely keep awake. Oh man, he could barely keep awake, but he had to eat because uh, he was a newborn. And I just like turned on the TV and whatever was there. It was either the Muse concert that I watched probably, probably like thirty five times, or Master and Commander. Love that movie. I do too. And that movie was like with me through the first year of Hank's life. So it became like it was my it's friend. Your friend. It's my friend. Um and I yeah. So I wanna see a romance in the Master and Commander world because that took place a little bit before this time. A lot of it before this time. But still It'd like be similar though. It I it mean, would be similar. Times didn't change that fast as they do now back then. Yeah. I, I can't pinpoint a time i think it's early 1800s but it's hard for me to pinpoint a time if i can't see women's dress which is i don't know it's fine with me 
Like, I can tell you, if I see what a woman is wearing on the screen, I can tell you, like, within five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I didn't see a woman in that movie. Maybe there's a woman in the first ten minutes of that movie that I've never seen. There's not any women in that movie. There, okay, so... But there's a violin and and, the cello. and Russell Crowe. Cello, you have a bass. And Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany, is that his yep. name? The, Vision. The, what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> From they, Avengers. Major props to them. Like I really couldn't care less about either actor before this movie, but they both learned how to play their instrument. In order to play a song for the movie. That doesn't surprise me of either one of them. It doesn't. No, it's great. And I, as a violinist, I hate people fake playing their instrument. And as a guitar player myself, I hate that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, there's nothing that pulls me out of a story. Like, I will stop watching it. Well, that's not true because in (laughs) Mozart in the Jungle, I watched that whole, that whole thing and they fake played really badly. What a shame that show got canceled. Yes. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Yes, I still want to see Navy Navy Peregrine though. Yeah, I think that would be super cool. I think that'd be a good book. Yeah, but he didn't Follow. join the Navy. He just became like a I scumbag he, drinker at all. No, I think he would have. I think Maybe he, would have. he has to do something. He's his he second ha- son, so he, he has no money. He has no land. He has to do something. Yeah, and he'll he'll gain his glory in the military. Yeah. All right. How credible, believable did you find the narrator to be? Did you feel like you got the true story? I think Annabelle was a credible narrator. There wasn't much putting the dots together that we had to do as the reader. Yeah, I think in terms of romance, a lot of the time, the writer falls back on this false sense of. Um, Oh, he thinks I'm so beautiful, but I'm just ordinary. And meanwhile, she describes herself as having plump lips and huge eyes and a narrow nose. And she's a hundred and twenty pounds. I would say a hundred and like five pounds. And she's she's five foot seven and like. I don't know, like these really outlandish things. Like, obviously, she's supposed to be beautiful, even though if you're curvy and 5'7 and 105 pounds, like, how curvy are you really? But that's it. (laughs) You can be beautiful, but curvy? Mm, Maybe. All right. That was an easy one. (laughs) How did the characters change throughout the story? How did your opinion of them change so sebastian had a rebirth archetype in his story yeah uh i know i focus on the dudes a lot but i'm a guy so no that's good i women focus on the dudes a lot too the dudes make the book so i put myself in his shoes okay he was the queen's like seemingly like number two guy yeah like rob Lowe to dr evil (laughs) dr (laughs) number two Okay. For for reelecting a very conservative prime minister, mm-hmm. Benjamin Disraeli. Yep. Who was a pretty terrible guy. Yeah. And uh, anti women suffrage person, so he was pretty. He fell in line. Yeah. Party lines. Queen Victoria herself was an anti women suffrage. That's what I'm person. saying. So he was like. Yeah. Important to her. Yes. To to forward her platform yeah 
I don't think he cared about anything except reclaiming his ancestral castle, his ancestral, his family's Which estate. His dad Bevenberg. lost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to bring the cachet, going back to that word, back to the Montgomery name. Yeah. Uh, his dad lost the ancestral palace in, in a, a card st- game. Stupid fucking way. Yeah. He died in a freaking puddle. Yeah. He got drunk, fell down, and drowned in a puddle. How dumb. Mm-hmm. But now, but that gives you that gives you stakes. That gives you a, yes, another reason but, why the Duke of Montgomery is so determined. But he to didn't be... care about Queen Victoria and anything she had to say. No, he, he just... cared about getting his ancestral home That's back. Right. Yeah. So he had to see that love was more important than all the fluff he was chasing. Right. So, to his defense, he did keep in mind that his role also comprised of providing stable environment for people, a lot of people, to make a living off of. Yes. He had a responsibility to the land and the people that stewarded it. Yeah, and if you watch Downton Abbey, you get a, a really good sense of the responsibilities of the the lord of the manor like they weren't just there the good ones yeah really cared about their tenants he was a good one good dude yeah you had the ones that spent all their fortune in the gambling yeah gambling he didn't do that no he didn't like the the good dukes have i think the duke of montgomery had one hundred and twenty thousand acres yeah. And he had tenants that farmed that land. And so, I don't know, it's kind of like the the Lord Crowley, is that his name, in yeah. Downton Abbey. You get a, a, a chance to see. If you also see, there's a, a PBS show called Manor House where they take... <laughs> <laughs> they t- well they took people from the 90s Frontier it, House is better well, a lot of them are good well anyway um, they take people and put them back in history and they don't it's like Survivor yeah basically I guess I never thought of it like that it's Survivor but in a different time period and no one gets eliminated yeah so <laughs> but in Manor House they, they took they took a modern family and made them the Lord of the Manor. And then they had the downstairs and they took, they got all these different single people and they put them in, in positions like scullery maid and first footman and the butler and the housekeeper. And so you, you had these, you, you got to see how modern people would survive in a situation like that. And you see how hard life was, um, scouring pots and pans and waking up at five in the morning to to dump out the chamber pots and start People fires shit. yeah and uh but you you also get a sense of like what people what women had to deal with and it was it's really cool i mean that was edwardian era but it's in terms of um women's rights it was it's kind of on par with the victorian Okay, so my opinion of Ed of Edward <laughs> of Sebastian didn't change. Like right away, he seemed like he had a lot on his plate, and that shit is stressful. Well, right away, he as a woman, right away he is, yeah, like he's described as like a cold, calculating, but you know, underneath there's like this like pineapple icy fire, 
And like that's really hot. Rough on the outside, sweet on the inside. Sure. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that question? I no, think you I think fine. you hit it pretty well. Yeah, that's fine. I just I didn't my perception of him didn't have to change because I loved him from the start. Okay. How did the structure of the book affect the story? I have no idea. I'm referring to you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The book is structured like chronologically. It's like a linear progression. So I LP. I, <laughs> right? Yes, you're right. Um, that's a weightlifting term. That's, uh, I, I don't really think you could have told the story any other way. That it was fine. Okay. It it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which character did you re- relate to the most, and what was it about them that you that you connected with? Uh, obviously, for me, it was Sebastian, mm-hmm. and his sense of duty. I really connected with that. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, his sense. Of, is there more to that? What is your what do you feel like your duty is to? You, Hank? Yeah. The house? Yeah. Providing, putting food on the table? Yeah. And his duty was to his although his brother didn't realize it to him. Mhm. To the people that stewarded his land? Yeah. Yeah. To queen and country? Yeah. Uh I guess I Related to not to Annabelle. Well, the way you described hot ass Hattie, probably her. Yeah, in terms of <laughs> looks, but not in terms of Hattie is very outgoing, and I'm not you're that. Not, I'm no. more Katrina when yeah. it comes to that. So you're like um, a mixture of those two. I guess if I didn't they're... relate at all to Annabelle. She's just way too. <sighs> She's a go getter. And I am not that. You are so a go-getter. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I do not, like, jump on chances and... No, but you kind of make your own. Okay, well, that's good. I don't I you... don't see myself as that. I do. Um. Yeah, and she describes, like, studying, and she's trying to do her uh, translation of some ancient Roman philosopher in the carriage to this house party in the beginning and I just like I want to like look out the window for her like I am lost like my ADHD is like does not compute with her character (laughs) at all with uh Annabelle at all yes I never pictured you as an Annabelle no I didn't picture as anybody until you described Hattie yeah then I physically you I yeah but I I'm not in this world at all which is fine I don't have to relate to a character I I love I love Annabelle for Sebastian and I love Sebastian for Annabelle like I'm so happy they like they found their like their one true love like I'm just thrilled for them I don't have to be the the Bella from Twilight in this scenario no okay fair enough good job I like that answer how did you feel about the ending? What did you like? What did you not like? And what did you wish had been different? Uh, I said, it's a romance. <laughs> we know how it was going to end. <laughs> right. I did appreciate 
that his first proposal was shot down. Yeah. It reeked of desperation. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and it's not holy the way crap! You I fell off my horse. I could die, and I don't have an heir, so I need to get myself an heir. Yep, exactly right. Yeah. So. But he had to go through that to like that started his change for seeing her as marriageable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that it was shot down. I like that she shot down. Well, that's not about the ending then. So never no. mind. No. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> did the book change your opinion or perspective about anything? Did you feel different now than you did before you read it? Um, I learned more about women's suffrage in Victorian England. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. It's not just about women getting the vote. It's about women losing their property once they married. Yeah. Like women could hold property if they were single or widowed. And then once they remarried, they gave that all to their husband. Yeah. Which when in a time when men weren't encouraged to be empathic, that could be a real problem for a lot of women. Um, and women did have problems. Yeah. So, um. The part, did you feel now that you ever did before? All right. So I'm going to, I'm not going to get on a political soapbox here. Yeah. But I did appreciate that it wasn't like this third wave feminism, chest pounding, pixie haircut, fuck men. Yeah, I book. agree. Um, I think there's not a whole lot of that. There's a whole lot of, there's Every, a whole lot of talk about books being like that in romance, but there's not a whole lot of actually of that that I've actually seen. Okay. Um I I hear a lot of this is this book is feminist as fuck. And I picture oh okay, so that basically I've learned that whenever I hear that it means the female character likes to have sex. Yeah. And which, she admits it. And that's is, fine. It's not feminist no. as fuck. It's 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 just normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, kidding yourself is what that is. Yeah, that it's that's a, that that's a feminist notion. Like it's not. And I appreciate it. it. Th this book was historically accurate, seemingly. Um. And well, except for my two little points. Well, I don't care <laughs> about that. that's that's your like pet peeve. Yeah. But in the grand scope of history, it was pretty on point yeah i mean she took queen victoria she took benjamin disraeli she took like people in history and and threaded them in to her narrative i walked and, and away learning looked, something which yes. is a pr it's I, excellent i'm sure the politics of this were were very well researched yes i'm sure okay so giving the author credit i'm sure the the clothing was researched as well and she took some some creative license in describing Hetty's ball gown outfit. I I don't I think that was a stylistic choice that to me like was a bad one, but I I don't think it would be a bad choice for other people. No. So. Okay, last question. You ready? Yeah. If the book were adapted into a movie, <gasps> who would you want to see play <laughs> the parts? So, if I were making the movie, yeah. 
the role of Sebastian automatically goes to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> no. Because he gets the lead role of any movie I'm making, ever. <laughs> Obviously, if he's not able to do that part, <laughs> someone tall in English, Tom Hiddleston. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. Michael Fassbender, German, not English, but still. Well, I was going to say anybody who's ever played a Nazi because... He didn't play a Nazi. I, I know, but he's German. But he's German. And not Christoph Waltz. No, 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 he's no, too no, old. no, 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 no. He's too old. Um, too short. But anybody who's been like, just, you know, that Nazi off to the side over there in any yeah. like modern Nazi movie, because I don't know, Sebastian looks like a Nazi to me. Edward Holcroft. Who's that? He played the the main dude in the the English game about soccer on Netflix. If Ew, you no. haven't watched it. His eyes are too close to It's great. Whatever. I think he'd be good. Benedict Cumberbatch, of course. <clears throat> Ew, no. Whatever. Uh, no, it has to be somebody handsome, not like and, not oddly handsome. And Andy Whitfield. Yes, Andy Whitfield. <laughs> Rest in peace. Not current Andy Whitfield, but Spartacus Andy Whitfield. Oh, come on. God, no. What? That no. That's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Andy Whitfield is our, we're going to agree on Andy Whitfield. Someone um, like that. Who is the guy? Uh, Chris Hemsworth? Ugh. Yeah, maybe. Come on. Can he play serious and brooding and dark? He just did in that extraction movie. I didn't see that. It was awesome. Well, cool. I didn't see it. I feel yes. like he should play a romance. Chris Hemsworth could to- or Luke, seen. his brother could do it. Who? Luke Liam? Hemsworth. Liam. There you go. No. Liam is trashy. They're the same guy. He's trashy. Whatever. Okay. Yuck. No, it has to be somebody okay, like the movie A Little Chaos with Kate Kate Winslet and that guy. Something is his name. Patrick Wilson? No. Matthew. Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Not even if this is set in Texas in 1879. Well, come on now. He could totally kill it at that role if it was Texas 1879. Okay. Oh, well, Matthew McConaughey's character in True Detective, maybe. Yeah. That was awesome. I love uh, that. was my favorite. McConaughey can do character. anything. Come on. That is true. Um, uh, what else? Oh, the guy from A Little Chaos. I think he's a German actor as well. I just I picture Germans in this role because mm. because he's very Aryan looking. Uh, okay, okay, Annabelle. Annabelle, someone Some... strong and English. So and beautiful. So naturally, Kara Knightley. No, she has to. She's more voluptuous than that. Okay, <laughs> I said Daisy Ridley, who looks like Kara Knightley. And she's more Ray. voluptuous. Than <laughs> and that. she's Ray Skywalker, so that's even cooler. Yeah, that, and, and then I that put, would be cool. And then but... I put refer to Megan. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has to be more like she has to be plumper in the lips and the butt and the breasts. And I don't know of a person like that. She just has to be this unbelievable goddess. So 
Angelina. If you could play her. Aw, uh, no. I would play Hattie. I think in the I'd, apricot I, fluff dress. I think I'd be more to mom picks out her think, clothes. I think I'd be more to Hattie. I don't think that's possible to when Annabelle is around. I don't know. Some like unknown French actress. Okay. Who's not Amelie, because that's the only one so I know. So we have more 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 choices for Sebastian. Who I'm sure Dwayne Johnson would take it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my dude. Yeah. A Hawaiian Duke. Oh, yes. That would be kind of cool. Why not? Because they were still murdering <laughs> Captain Cook. That... Okay. All right. Nonsense time. This has all been nonsense. No, this was great. This is one <laughs> okay. of our best episodes. I need more wine. All right. You need more wine? Just a little. I can get you more wine. All right. I, I didn't know what to put, so I just put what I'm doing. Oh, okay. You can. You've been gardening like crazy. Yeah. That's enough. That's way. That's way enough. Thank you. Um. Your garden's looking good. Thanks. I grow I grow poison if you didn't know that already. I have a medicinal herb garden. I have two medicinal herb gardens, one for the city. Uh, one for our house. And one for our house. And uh I'm starting a little mini poison garden which has some useful remedies as well. Um but yeah, I'm lucky if I get a couple poisons to grow and i have a thing there but i'm not going to go into it on this podcast don't need to no all right so how are we training i'm doing my barbell training as usual i'm doing my kettle kettlebell training once a week <laughs> we're gonna bump that up a little I bit i know i know how? i really love kettlebells but i don't really love um and that's why I've I've made programs for you that you get downstairs to the basement, 20 minutes, and you're done. Yeah. There's no sense in pushing you further than that because you're just going to not stick with it. I know. So if I can get you downstairs 20 minutes, three times a week. And that's pretty much all you need unless you're really into it. Well, I, when I get into it, I get really into it. And then I get sick. Like I had that weird fever. And, and I think I had something wrong with my breast. And and that's why I'm, really, I'm like, limiting the amount of yeah. activity you get. Yeah. Like I have all these like health issues. I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which means my connective tissue just sort Very of loose. disintegrates like, randomly. Like I, like I have... I ruptured my Achilles tendon doing nothing, yeah. and for instance, and I break my legs. And so, whatever. so the training I choose for you is very non-mobile. Mm-hmm. Which that's why I love weightlifting. Yeah. And heavy strength training. Yeah. And kettlebells. I'd never have you do sprints or anything like that. Mm-mm. I have to. I have to blend cardio with the weightlifting. Just, I will roll my ankle so fast doing Just so you're not moving, but you are moving. Yeah. Uh okay, what are we eating? I'm I'm loving this. I don't know why I ever stop eating low carb cuz I do so well on it. Everybody does so well on it. I have so and much energy. And then you want a potato. But having it on Sunday. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we're so we're eating 
Jonathan's eating. Well, we're supposed to be doing the slow carb. I'm not even doing that after. Yeah, I he's just just doing low carb. Low carb, low like less than 100 grams a day. But our Sunday is our cheat day, and it's the whole day. The whole day, which I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore because it makes me sick. And well, it could have been the takeout we had. Yeah. Like if I make you like really good food, which I don't feel like doing tomorrow. Um, I think I was going to do some barbecue or ribs or something. You were? Oh. Yeah. They're still frozen, though. Yeah, but if I take them out when we go upstairs, just leave them out in the sink, they'll be fine. <sighs> okay. Um. Anyway, we're trying to do... I am not really excelling at this yet, but I'm going... I'm easing You're into it. You're doing a very good job of of getting into it. I uh, Yeah, I'm easing into a low car- lower-carb lifestyle. I'm still eating um, rice, and I would eat potatoes, and I try not to eat gluten things but here's because it doesn't like me. If if you track it yeah, and your carbs are 20% or lower of your total calories, you're low-carb. Right, which... Which I think you are. I don't know. I'm eating a lot of vegetables not... and dairy. Not really a lot. I'm not really eating a lot You're of not anything. Eating a lot of anything. That's true. So whatever. But anyway, Sunday is our cheat day, and it's really fun. And it's coming up tomorrow. It's coming up tomorrow. <laughs> and we can have wine every night. Even oh yeah. I don't I still have coffee every night? I have wine every night. Jonathan has wine every night. Um, and folks, when they say fruits and vegetables every day, when they say fruits, they're not they talking about bananas. Fruits? And mangoes, which you can have sometimes. They're talking about peppers and cucumbers and pumpkins and squash. Yeah. They're not tomatoes. They're not so fun fruits. Those are fruits too. A fruit is anything that grows on a plant. Yes. So most vegetables are fruits. It's not just like, you know, you have those like. A vegetable (sighs) is the plant. A fruit grows off of the plant. Right. So when you have those like idiots who are like, tomatoes are a fruit. (laughs) Ha ha. That's like the same kind of people that say, do you mean may I go to the bathroom? Yeah. I, yeah. A cucumber's fruit, too. Cucumber's fruit. Pepper's a, a fruit. A fruit avocado's a fruit. Yeah. Those are the fruits they mean when they say eat your fruits, fruits and, and vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. Like a fruit a banana, is still a treat. One banana every day, fine. One apple every day, fine. Berries, I think you can eat berries as much as you want. There's so little sugar in that. Yeah. But berries are so expensive. They are. All right. Hank stuff. Hank's doing good. <laughs> we got nothing on Hank. Yeah. He's he's like super silly and makes us laugh all day. What are we watching? We just finished up The Last Kingdom. I, I didn't l- watch it because I've been writing. Love that show. I I put The Last Kingdom ahead of Game of Thrones in my book. I understand that, but I to me it's just kind of there. Like, I want to love it, like you love it. And I, I enjoy watching it, but not, like, when I sat down to watch Game of Thrones and then that the theme song started, and yeah, I was so there I know, for it. I know, and, but, uh, like, Sebastian, Yeah, I just so see myself as Uhtred. Mm. Why? I don't know. Because he's awesome. Yeah, I don't... Okay. <laughs> I don't see you as Uhtred because you're not trying to get to... Bevenberg? Well, yeah, philosophically <laughs> even. Like, you're not... It's not... I just love him. 
I don't know. Maybe you're trying to get to New Hampshire and <laughs> and like I am. Things keep holding you back, and yeah. you're just on this drive to New Hampshire. And but one I do day, good things all along the road. <laughs> yeah, one day you will be there. In the meantime, you will hold to your duty to your family yeah. and your friends and your and jobs my country. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that can. I think that concludes this episode. I think this is a good one. I agree. I, the book is good. Bring it down to Duke. Pick it up. Don't let me. Don't let my um, slowness into getting into it change your mind about reading the book. That that was more on me. It was totally on me and not on the book. Yeah. The book is good. Yeah. Yeah. This book is. If you do not like historical romance, try this book because I think it could be. If it's not your gateway, because it wasn't my gateway, I still don't like historical romance because I don't like all that fake history. I like real history. Yeah. And you can present it. But this is like reading a rom-com. Just, it was. It just happens to be set in 1879. Yeah. And it's a slow burn. It's enemies to lovers. And the Duke of Montgomery is... It, I don't know. If you liked The Hating Game, this is... The Hating Game set in 1879 yeah and the hating game we haven't read that on this podcast but that's my favorite we'll and there's so many romance readers it won't favorite. be next but we'll read it yes next is love lettering by kate claiborne and there you have it a warm cozy blanket of a book okay it's the best all right well that's this episode thanks so much for listening uh do us a favor drop us a, a five star if you can <laughs> Or any star. Or any star. We'll take any star. Any comment. Tell us we suck. Tell us where we need to get better. Yeah. We really appreciate any kind of comment, any star. We have a Facebook page now, so you can follow us on Facebook. We, You can follow us on Instagram. Twitter yet? We have a Twitter page. We do have a Twitter page. I have not tweeted anything out. Well, that's coming. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay safe and wash your hands. Bye.